And welcome to The Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is January 13th, 2017. This is the fourth episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. So a quick update as far as housekeeping goes. I'm in the final stages of preparing the show to be simultaneously broadcasted live on Twitch, so look for that soon. Also, you can now subscribe to the show and leave a review over on iTunes, but we're still in processing on Google Play, Switcher, and TuneIn, so hopefully we'll have good news on that front soon. Now, if you're new to the show, we're hoping to have these podcasts happen at least every weekend, but also during certain weekdays, generally lining up with the evenings when big game news breaks. First, I open the show for about 10 minutes to reflect on the show's main topic. Then, after a small commercial break, we set up callers to join the show, to either discuss the show's main topic or bring up any gaming question of their choosing. Once that's run its course, I'll end the show with a fun segment we'll call it a day, hopefully in about an hour's time. Now, if that sounds like your kind of podcast, let's get right into it. Oh boy, it's a doozy of a topic this week. Uh, honestly, it's it was a historic event last night on the East Coast, a little earlier in the night on the Pacific Coast, very early morning out in Europe, but it's the Nintendo Switch event that was hosted over in Japan, over in Tokyo, and a live event that seemed to want to accomplish many different things to try to inform us about Nintendo Switch, give us a little more insight into what the possibilities for the device are, the games that are being associated with it at launch period and maybe even beyond. And it was an unusual event, I'll say that much. Let's recap what happened just very quickly as far as the order of operation of the show, you know, as far as posterity goes so we can remember. First, they opened up surprisingly with the date, the price, talk about online services, mentioning that the system's region-free. I'm kind of glad that was at the front of the show. It was an interesting timing there. Then we get a tour of the system, learning that the battery life was about two and a half to six and a half hours long. You charge through USB-C, and eight systems could connect through multiplayer. That was rather interesting. The Joy-Con was then detailed. How it has near-field communication for Amiibo. It has a share button for at least still pictures at launch and then video somewhere down the line. There are different color options. There's straps that you can attach. You can share the joy with each other. And there is also an HD rumble feature. Then we got into the games with 1-2 Switch, ARMS, Splatoon 2, Super Mario Odyssey, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Fire Emblem Warriors, little check mark on that episode one podcast prediction, thank you, Shin Megami Tensei 25th anniversary game, still not titled, Project Octopath Traveler, uh, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, a sequel to No More Heroes, a future FIFA game, a sizzle reel with some hidden surprises like Ultra Street Fighter 2 and Super Bomberman R, and finally concluding with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So I have five takeaways generally to talk about with with this overall show and it's it starts at number five here great date dicey price so I, again i think it was a really good idea to show these up front i mean don't save them for the end and kind of end it on a weird note or a, a possibly a great note i think it was a kind of a thrilling moment to see that march 3rd was the date i mean a lot of us were thinking march 17th maybe 24th kind of around that area but to move it up in march i mean we're seven weeks away and that's crazy uh now of course this was before knowing the game situation because you could make an argument that this system should be delayed 
honestly. But if they are going to release it this quarter, honestly, the earlier the better. So that's really exciting that it's March 3rd. Now, as far as the price point, $2.99 in the United States. And I think that's okay. It's definitely the upper limit of what is deemed an acceptable price. Now, I'm not understanding when people are saying, oh, we, we know it's going to be $250 to $300, and now I'm suddenly in an uproar that it's $300 and I'm not going to buy it. Well, if you had that kind of range in mind, like that's the upper limit of what you thought it'd be okay. So, I mean, that's that's one thing. But $299 as a price point does present different challenges. We've mentioned on a past episodes of the podcast, uh, you know, it definitely gives them a point to kind of start at. And then if sales don't go well, they can cut the price. I mean, we certainly saw that strategy with something like 3DS. At the same time, it does give them some cost to, you know, make money on the system. Uh, Nintendo doesn't want to lose money on the system, certainly. But at a detraction, Nintendo puts themselves at a similar price with PlayStation 4 and Xbox One here. And PS4 and Xbox One, yeah, certainly the base models are, you know, a few years older at this point, but you can find them at $299 or lower and with a game, you know, and certainly it's more power. But of course, the Switch does have the portability factor going for it. I mean, does that make up the cost really? Now, this is where it gets questionable with the pricing is when you start looking at the Switch's accessories. I mean, $70 for a Pro Controller, $80 for a pair of Joy-Cons, $90 for a dock? That is heinous. I almost wondered, are they going to just talk about, oh, you can get the tablet separately and that'll be $150. It's like, at what point does it stop? And so it makes you wonder, with that kind of pricing in mind, is $300 really possible or is it really $250 and they just want to make the extra money? My number four takeaway is why was this not a Nintendo Direct? I think there was absolutely no need for this to be streamed as a live event from Japan. You could look at the moments for when they cut to the different video productions that were certainly Direct-like with Koizumi being a, a certain figure now with magic and, you know, galaxy effects. I mean, these are Nintendo Direct-like sort of jokes, uh, sort of visuals, and to keep cutting between that and the live event makes you wonder, like, well, why aren't we just doing a Nintendo Direct if we're just doing this? Plus, the translation woes for the English adaptations were just awful at certain points. Uh, you gotta feel bad for the translator when Suda51 is out there and he has so much energy and the translator, I, there must have been, what, 12 translators? There, there seems so many for each spokesperson, but Suda's could not keep up, man. And then when Patrick Soderlund gets out there from EA, flies him all the way from Los Angeles, wherever, to, to Tokyo, and he's talking about FIFA, granted, of all games. I mean, interesting to see Bill Trinan speaking Japanese. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure we've ever seen that role necessarily, at least not that I can remember. He's always, you know, translating for Miyamoto, but to see him translate for the Japanese audience was different and I liked it, but it slowed the pace way down to have the English speaking and then got to pause for the Japanese. So if this were in a direct, I mean, this would have just been fixed entirely. They could have catered it specifically for, uh, you know, the region that it's targeting. And you could really tell that this was for a Japanese audience as well. I mean, the games that were shown were, you know, very Japanese focused. I mean, at the same time, you know, there's Skyrim, there is FIFA, which is worldwide, but a lot of even the jokes were very Japanese. You had weird moments like 
sitting back on the couch. The white couch that they put out on that stage for just that three-second gag, and that's it. Or, you know, Splatoon 2 having the pose at the end. And it doesn't play well on stage, but it could certainly work for a video. Little things like this could have just come off so much better in a direct, but it came off strangely and it didn't really play too well on a stage presentation. My number three takeaway, where are the first party games? You look at the launch window, yes, you have The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, you have 1-2 Switch, uh, we can talk more about that in a bit. You have ARMS, interesting concept, but $60? Snipper Clips, I think that was a standout in the uh, the Treehouse stream today. Really clever little puzzle game, uh, pretty neat. And then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at the April 28th point, which... Odd that they did not show that during the conference. It would have been a nice, you know, hey, remember Mario Kart 8? Let's detail what's different, but okay, fine. Later in the year, you have Splatoon 2. Um, you know, for all the talk that Splatoon was going to be a port, it's odd that it's a sequel. Just with, you know, some more content. Okay, you had dual wielding pistols, some new maps. Um, it's almost like, to me, at least someone who has not played Splatoon, it comes across as a Galaxy to Galaxy 2 sort of jump. Like, nothing is too different, but it's just, you know, more of the same. But, you know, still great gameplay, of course. And then Super Mario Odyssey. I mean, some people are saying Grand Theft Mario, and he's in the real world. There's that great image with uh, Mario, and alongside the picture it was with uh, Sonic in Sonic Adventure. Meeting the real world. Uh, I know Mario is going outside the Mushroom Kingdom. He's journeying to different worlds. He's on his odyssey. That was an interesting trailer. I mean, looks fantastic, but to have it be holiday 2017 was unusual. And when you hear all the different reports say, yeah, the game's pretty much done. Is that just trying to place it so they have something for the holiday? Well, you kind of need stuff a little more out of the gate. I don't know. You have the second party games that are announced for Fire Emblem Warriors and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I mean, that's fine. I think a lot of people are wondering, when you essentially burned 2016 to the ground, you had very, very little on the first party front, and arguably 2015 as well. I mean, 2015 certainly had uh, you know Mario Maker and Splatoon, but what else did you have? You should have all of these Nintendo game studios cooking and raring to go. And this is the result? This is what you showed? I mean, yeah, if you're showing Mario for holiday 2017, or if you're having Suda51 come on stage just to say, we're making another No More Heroes game, as great as that is, what is there to show? Is there Smash? Is there Pokemon? Why aren't we seeing these? And don't say for E3. I know they, they have to have something there, but they needed to come out just swinging here. And to have it just fall flat, it's unacceptable for how bad the past two years have been. My number two takeaway, this felt like a Wii U kind of strategy, and that's not okay. I mean, a lot of unusual choices here. I mean, because this was the event that you've got a great concept for a device. It looks like a nice piece of tech. Now, just follow through. Don't make those same old, same old Nintendo decisions. But what do we get? We have two SKUs with different colors, no price differences, no pack-in game. That pack-in game should be one-two switch. To have that be $60, 
is ridiculous. And I know they want to try a different thing. It's almost like WarioWare, you know, brought into a, a different kind of game where you're not so worried about the screen. They have the whole you're looking into another person's face. Yeah, okay, fine. If you're trying to have it sell the Joy-Con, much like Nintendo Land tried to sell the gamepad and Wii Sports tried to sell the Wii Remote, you should probably pack it into the system and not have people buy it. Uh, who is going to buy this? Seriously. You also had a game lineup that isn't really ready and you're seeing a lot of the same major third-party strategies of just poorly testing the waters. I mean, Ubisoft, I mean, to put out Rayman Legends, Steep, and Just Dance? Rayman Legends, to bring that game back after its Wii U history of being delayed? And who's going to play Steep? On Switch for EA, I know bold for EA to come back to Nintendo after bailing so hard on the Wii U. But FIFA, like these half-hearted attempts. I mean, Skyrim. Sky to say Bethesda is bringing Skyrim to Nintendo Switch, but in the fall. A at what point is that you know worth it to say I can play Skyrim on the go? Yes, in the fall when so many other games are coming out. Is that where people are going to go spend their money? You know, so when these projects fall flat and these third parties may, you know, bail again, that's the same Wii U strategy and it's, it's not working. And then you have just ridiculous decisions. I, yeah, okay, fine. The paid online service, okay, if you're going to jump in that sort of range and sort of field and area, at least have it be good. Oh, no, wait, what's that? You want paid online so that we have to use a voice chat app on our mobile devices or other smart devices not built into the system itself? I can do that for free. It's called Discord. Hey there, Discord. Thank you for helping us host the show. Really do appreciate it. Also, the idea that you get one free NES or SNES game a month, now granted with some SNES games having online capability, but the reports that the game disappears, you cannot play it after that month, you'd have to buy the game. You compare that to Xbox Live Gold. You compare that to PlayStation Plus. That is an outright joke. People are laughing at Nintendo today because of that ridiculous decision. I hope they see the feedback and maybe change that because that, that can be done. You can change it, but maybe Nintendo's just going to be stubborn. I don't know. Then you had reports just coming in that say Street Pass is gone. Miiverse is gone. Okay, yeah, the two best social decisions that you made for your last handheld and console, and they're gone? What are you replacing them with? Because the plans you've laid out so far are really not worth it. Look, I get that they need money, but the whole situation here between the online plans and just the weak game lineup that's been represented it feels half-baked, and this really should be releasing in the fall. Now, granted, if they do want to release it early, I'm going to be glad to play it. I love the possibility of the technology, but man, you just see the tea leaves, and it's frustrating. The biggest takeaway, though, from the Nintendo Switch conference is you should not give in to hate. Now, okay, it's okay to feel disappointed, certainly. I think we got our expectations too high. We said last episode that, you know, you can't really say, oh, this, this sucks because there are no surprises. Because unfortunately, we got too many surprises and not really the good kind. It's unusual that the 4chan post the day before ends up being pretty spot on. And it again, it's, it's almost like the nightmare roster sort of thing, but it, it turned out to be true. 
Still, there is plenty of time left in this story. Xbox One had a horrendous launch and terrible just miscommunication and marketing and messaging, yet they've turned it around. Granted, it's still shy of PS4 sales, but at least the brand is in a somewhat strong position again, though it could be argued after the scale-bound stuff, but they turned it around what could have been a terrible situation. Certainly, we are in a very stubborn, insular community, so we still have yet to see how this will play with younger demographics, how they'll react to the Switch, and it could play up very well. But we talked about journalist leaks in our last episode, and don't you dare give them any hate. One, that's a terribly rude thing to do. It's just, that's just, it's mean and it's uncalled for and it's unfounded because they got so much right. So much of what the Nintendo Switch is and its small features was predicted correctly. Now, there's certainly a lot of things that are missing that were talked about and rumored. Uh, a Metroid game, Mother 3, Super Smash Brothers, GameCube Virtual Console, Beyond Good and Evil 2, Pokemon Stars, the, the Rabbids, Mario RPG, Rabbids Kingdom Come. But based on the track records of everything else, I think it's a pretty safe assumption to say that these generally exist, but it is on Nintendo to really deliver and make the messaging clear of what the games are, make us care, because so many people went in with very high expectations, couldn't wait to pre-order, and now that some of them are saying no buy, that's that's pretty striking. I wouldn't go that far, to be honest. But if I did put a comparison to, or, a, or a simile, a metaphor, this conference was basically set up on a tee for them, and they tried to take a big swing and crack it's just a fly ball to the shallow outfield. It's just like, oh, this was all you have? It's not warning track, oh, it's so close, but it just missed. Or it's not going, oh, so far, oh, but it's just a foul ball. It's just, oh, that was that was weak. Okay. I, I mean, you at least got some effort into it, but that could have been a lot better. Now, it is good to see that the hands-on with the device from different journalists, it seemed really positive today. I, that's good that it seems to be generally fun to play with the tech. I mean, some unusual things here and there, but overall generally positive reactions. And I've pre-ordered personally because I'm excited for the portable play and it's, it's long-term potential with the games. I mean, for how I play games, the Nintendo Switch seems perfect for me. I'm not about to go all doom and gloom and just be, oh, Mario's got to be on the PlayStation 4. Like, that's... That's, I think, taking it several steps ahead, and that's really jumping to a lot of conclusions that we have to see how this plays out. But man, it, it's not looking good at the start because storm clouds have just moved in on what should have been smooth sailing. And during all of the developments here, we'll certainly be following it here on the Power Switch. Anyway, I know it's a lot, but that's what I have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers, you guys. So what do you think about what I have to say? I'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic you'd like to discuss. I know that may be tough because we're all itching to talk about Switch. Don't forget, though, you can also reply to what another caller had to say as well. That's all when we come back from the break here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Let's get to the phone lines here, the uh, virtual phone lines. We've got a lot of return callers from past episodes itching to talk about Nintendo Switch, so let's get right to it. From New Jersey, Matt, welcome back to the Power Switch. Good to be here. All right. So what's on your mind with the Nintendo Switch? 
So I'm thinking of uh, Splatoon 2 versus Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, specifically good upgrades from the Wii U and bad upgrades from the Wii U. They are, certainly are so, quite different, yeah. So Splatoon 2, I feel like, is an excellent way to take a game from Wii U and give it some new life because they're adding in new things, new weapons, new upgrades that have tangible effects on how you go to the battlefield and interact with other players. There are new ideas going on there that can affect matches. There's jetpacks, the uh, zip lines from the story mode are being added to maps now. It feels like a really, really good sequel to Splatoon. If it was on the same system, maybe the things that they're adding wouldn't justify a whole new sequel. But I feel like what they're doing with it, bringing it to a new system and adding just enough to make it feel fresh, so to speak. I'm really happy with Splatoon 2. I think it's great. What do you think about and its time later in the year, though, like for releasing at that time? I'm not thinking too hard about release dates because I have purchased so few new games recently that... I understand a lot of people are justifiably disappointed with this spread out release schedule, but it doesn't affect me personally. If anything, it makes it easier for me. Mm. So Good point. I have a unique perspective for unique reasons, but I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, they brought in the battle mode, but it's a step up from the one in the regular Mario Kart 8, but I don't think it's substantial enough for people to double dip on the game. There's no evidence that there are any new courses whatsoever. And mm -hmm. as for the new characters, I mean, I love the Inklings, I love Dry Bones, but there's nothing there that actually affects gameplay. It's fundamentally the same game. I don't like the trend of taking games as they were on a previous console and putting them exactly on the new one when they're so close together. Yeah. Um, I think that it works for people who are new to the system, but for me... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I mean, I'll probably end up buying it just because I love Mario Kart and I want to keep playing Mario Kart 8. But if they had just a few more courses, uh, like round out the DLC tracks and had as many new tracks as the DLC added, and then you'll have 100% more content than the original Mario Kart 8 release did. I really feel like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is falling short of what the new game could be. I'm very sad to see that because Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon are two games that I got really, really deep into. Splatoon, I feel very confident for. Mario Kart 8, not so much. I feel hesitant to buy it because the people that I loved playing Mario Kart 8 with probably aren't going to buy it. Mm. Yeah, I think for Mario Kart 8, you know, I, we saw a Splatoon course when they showed the Inklings. I think there was that. But I think they need to be very clear, like how many new characters, how many new tracks, like be explicitly clear and you can show them and dole them out, you know, until April or whatever, but at least up front say what is new specifically. And yet the battle mode, I mean, yeah, that's not doing it too much for me. Like if I want to play that game, I, I have both DLC packs. I still have my Wii U and yeah, it's like, what is really different? At least with something like Super Smash Brothers, new characters add a totally new dynamic to the game. I mean, for, for Mario Kart, yeah, okay, different weights different accelerations it, it doesn't make them really their own character if that makes sense yeah and they, they did show the splatoon inkling course but that is a battle stage oh there's no fair enough track. good point they have not shown a single new racetrack hmm. Hmm, hmm. yeah I, so yeah it's they got to be clear on what is worth it because yeah for for those of us who do have it on wii u and granted i think something that switch games do need to stress a lot more is the fun and and the new aspect of the portability of the game certainly but 
it's good to hear that a lot of the hands-on reports are saying that like it, it runs like a dream like it's pitch perfect really but yeah, that's what I've seen. Mario Kart 8 suffered a lot in frame rate when you played with uh, when you played multiplayer. And what I'm seeing is that at least Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has a consistent 60 frames per second, no matter what. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it should be should be a really good game, but yeah, maybe it's not worth it for those that already have it with the DLC from Wii U. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Thanks for calling in. People can find you on the internet at the Darker Eye. Yep. I, uh, I believe that Zero is coming on soon. He'll uh, he'll share very strong thoughts that I had probably on Fire Emblem Muso. Uh, yes, yes, very interesting to see that game as well. Well, I hope you get uh, you know back to some civilization there. Saying you're out in the middle of the nowhere, but uh, thank you for yeah, calling I, in. I, there's literal farmland around me. So oh boy, <laughs> well glad you can make it work. Thanks for calling in. Of course. As promised from Colorado, it's Zero Ranma. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Yo. Hey, hey. Man, this was quite the event. It sure was. I mean, I, I went to bed, not even bed, just a nap. I got home from work. I napped from like 7 to 10. I woke up and just you know caught a pre-show and then at 11 uh, p.m. Eastern yeah, you, time is when it starts. The, you caught the dance show? Yeah, yeah, all the the crazy laser lights and whatnot. Uh, it was certainly a fun opening to the the show, that's for sure. What's on your mind? Well, your big boss prediction came true. It sure did. Uh, not necessarily a big boss prediction, but uh, one of my yeah, one of my your predictions. Prediction and it, it was like way down on the list too. So like, I did not think that it would it would happen. But uh, yeah, that was that was certainly Fire a Emblem weird War. feeling. Yeah, it's finally happening. Yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors. So what do you think about it? I am hyped as hell for this game, but Matt and I had quite a heated discussion earlier about it, and I can understand his skepticism about it because recent Fire Emblem games have shown favoritism towards certain games, and we're hoping this doesn't affect the character roster for this game mm-hmm. because... Yeah. Tokyo Mirage Sessions had a focus on the Akania games, which is basically the original Fire Emblem and Awakening, and that was literally it. Hmm. And while the trailer does show in the inclusion of Fates, that was all it showed. Yeah. So that's beginning to worry Matt, at least. And I'm holding hope. Nintendo mentioned today that they're going to that they scheduled a, a direct for next week on the 18th. Yes, they did. So hopefully they'll show more than just, you know, characters from Awakening, Fates, and the original. Something that like, I read to uh, keep in mind, you know, they seem to often be mentioning that it's just a Fire Emblem Direct. And yeah, that could mean true. that they're showing probably the mobile game as well. I wouldn't surprise yeah, if they that, still show that as well. that's another hope, too, because... I still have no idea what the hell that is. Maybe it'll be like one of those collectible card game things that everyone does. But eh, some of, some of the rumors from the people that you know we've we mentioned before, they're generally saying that it's more strategy based, and so that could be a little closer to what the Fire Emblem games usually are. So I mean, you know, fingers crossed for something like that. Yeah, but yes, Fire Emblem Warriors. My hope is that they'll get a little more personal with it, where like. You know how Dynasty Warriors games or like Warrior games, they have like generic army man captains or whatever on each team. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping they'll at least fill them out with like faces of like your units that you have in your armies from each game. Like like I don't know, you can have a healer from 
awakening and make it look like Lissa hmm. or things along those lines. And that that and, would be interesting. I mean, I think we've seen from you know Team Ninja and Omega Force that you know, especially with the care that they showed Hyrule Warriors and yeah. all the different characters that they pulled from, uh, I think could do a lot with Fire that Emblem. Was, There's a lot of characters. My, yeah. That was my reasoning with this game has the potential to be really good because Koei Tecmo doesn't really care about standard. They'll just pull whatever character looks cool and make them a playable character somehow. Mm-hmm. They made Agatha a character. Yeah. 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 Uh, that is my biggest argument. So if the bug princess can do it, then anyone can, then anyone can. And if always they, you know, they'll probably make DLC packs or whatever, you know, I'll probably buy the shit out of that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah cried sleep when i look at my wallet but you know yeah i find it interesting i really liked hyrule warriors but you know when i when i made that prediction uh, it was more off the base that you know there were thoughts that you know they may have pitched a Star Fox warriors and nintendo didn't go for it but like they still want to do something and fire emblem made the most sense fire emblem is the one that works exactly really well. yeah so it's it's not you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna buy automatically but i'm i'm glad but it you're happened gonna you're yeah. gonna keep an eye on it. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. I'm I'm glad that it happened, and uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, because my experience with Fire Emblem is, has been with these last couple of games. Like, guilty. I'm one of the people when you say Awakening helped really bring the series into the mainstream with its sales figures. Like, yeah, I'm I'm part of that. I, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I I'm aware of the past games. It's just with the kind of game that it is with strategy rpg and the permadeath and all like that's that's not something that, that appeals to me for so a lot of people. yeah yeah so that. yeah um yeah but there are a lot of a lot of great characters so that's something that you know muso can definitely take advantage that, of it'll definitely work with i'm sure mm-hmm. all right thank you so much for contributing you we can find you online at zero ranma yep and uh thank you so much for calling in really appreciate the time yeah thank you for having me on over in Illinois, Yvonne, welcome back to the Power Switch. Hello. Hey, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing good. A little disappointed, a little butthurt, not going to lie. Understandably so. It's It's been a rough uh, day for Nintendo fans, certainly. I, I can relate. Oh, yeah. I was really <laughs> excited, mm-hmm. and I basically stayed up till like 11 to watch that, and after that, I'm like, I, I, I stayed up past two hours for this. I was not too happy about that yeah what, what's on your mind in particular with the switch even though the conference was really disappointing i'm still having a little bit of faith and i think there's a couple reasons why because honestly i think the hardware is ready but i don't think the software is ready for the hardware mm-hmm. it's not that they don't have games it's that these games they have them coming but they're not out yet i think that's fair and it's just shocking that that's the case i mean after nintendo had been quiet on the wii u front for so long you'd think have the games have them ready for switch like just come yeah. out with a bang really and that didn't happen that's yeah, shocking ridiculous i think and i know you were saying about the e3 thing like don't i'm not getting excited about e3 but i am saying if they don't show things we want not just one thing here and one thing there then i'm i'm worried yeah, um, yeah, you don't want the system to be dead out of the water. It's, it's, yeah, no, exactly. You really don't. Like, yeah, like, and there's a lot of things I think aiming towards the fact that the, it's not ready. Like, look at the online. Yeah. They don't even have anything really set up for the online, which luckily they're not charging for it. 
um and you know you can it's basically a free um you know like three month not three month when's it they said it was going to be like in the fall or something but a couple months trial yeah yeah in the fall it would be paid for yeah and that just proves right there with the online if they don't even know what they're doing with online then it's it's way too early the hardware is way too early for the software and even the online and then on top of that you have they said they have like 70 or 80 plus games being developed well where are they yeah. On top of that, you have Suda51 come out, and he's like, we have no more heroes. Unfortunately, we don't even know the freaking title yet. I still have yet to write it. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. I honestly think it was really rushed. I think that that's the reason it was garbage, basically, I mean, in my opinion. I, mean, I know some people were optimistic, but that's why I think it was garbage. I think that if they... You know, took their time and at least waited till E3, which would have been a lot more smart because that's when all the big guns are out. And they could have, you know, if they really do have something, they could have, you know, actually had a good E3. But then again, their last few E3s, they've been like the worst. It was like if it was Undertaker's streak, but every time he went to WrestleMania, instead of winning, he lost. Mm, yeah. um, it's so bad. Sorry, I don't know if you that's a wrestling reference no i mean i i was around enough wrestling fans back in the podcast yeah. day to kind of get the reference very bad east three streak uh lately yeah, yeah. it's been really bad yeah it's, since it's, they announced the wheel it's been just awful i think a couple factors were possibly at play with this first of all committing to march 2017 so early and believing that they could hit it uh, and i think there may have been probably some hesitancy to delay it even further because it also goes hand in hand with the legend of zelda breath of the wild that's what i was thinking too because all those games that are coming out breath of the wild's really only really big one coming out and the reason the only reason it's coming out that soon is because it's been in development for a while if it was just started then the switch would pretty much be just completely barren or it would have been, you know, pushed of course. But yeah, like you said, I totally agree with that. It's to get Zelda out, not really to get the switch out. And that's a problem. Which alternative Uh, would you rather have? Would you rather have the legend of Zelda breath of the wild release on March 3rd on Wii U? And then we wait until fall for Nintendo switch to have breath of the wild release then or have switch now. Yeah, because it's like, what's even the point of having, you know, it on the Switch? But at the same time, Wii U hasn't really been selling much. So then you got to think, like, honestly, it's not as simple as that. But if I were Nintendo, I just would have canceled it on Wii U. But at the same time, people would be mad. Oh, yeah. you They're screwed either way. But yeah, you can't straight up cancel it. I'd rather just cancel it, push the Switch, and say, hey, you know, give us a lot. Not I wouldn't say give us more time, you know, just because... You know, you want the fans to, you know, be more confident in it, but say like, hey, it's coming out at this time. It'll be coming out on the Switch with that um, day. The fact they didn't do that, it's understandable, but it's really concerning because, yes, the software is important. That's something they've had trouble with with the Wii U, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's very, I'm, I'm concerned because I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I love Nintendo, but I'm not like a diehard. Mm-hmm. Nintendo fan. Like, I wouldn't consider myself a casual, but I'm like in the middle. I, I try to play everything, but it's, you know, there's a lot of games. Hey, if you're calling into this show, it shows at least some, you know, dedication to video games. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I still play them, of course. I try to play them. I've been playing a lot of Bloodborne, but that's for another. Oh, yeah. Show. That's a, that's a yeah, that's legit a game, game, too. 
you know, I, yeah. I think I really do wonder if, you know, they just said, well, we can't delay Zelda anymore because we've already delayed it so much. And at least I will give Nintendo credit that if you do have Breath of the Wild as a launch game, which I'm glad they do that, that was the saving grace. Yeah. That, that was an awesome trailer. And probably I'd love to see what trailer could beat it for like trailer of the year when we talk at the end of 2017, because that was a fantastic trailer. Only cons- like not concerned, but the only problem was like it was the very end of the conference, and I was so like bummed about the conference that I was like totally numb to it. It felt like I'm like, oh, cool trailer, you could have showed it at the freaking beginning, and I would have been at least somewhat excited for this trailer. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that uh, that sizzle reel right before right before that is just like don't have that be it. Like that can't be it. <laughs> that yeah. can't be. It. And I'm glad well, at least it ended which- up on the upswing. Yeah, and another reason why it's so rushed. Some people, I did hear there was this game, Seasons of Heavens, I think it was. Seasons of Heaven. That sounds right, yep. And um, I heard the developer didn't even actually have a dev kit. So I wonder you know, if that's the case for any other people. And it may have been just a matter kit. of, you know, they wanted the secrecy so badly that if you tried yeah. to limit who has the dev kit, like that may have played a factor. Uh, the one thing I will give Nintendo credit for, though, is to have Zelda as a launch game, at least have it be on its own. And like they know that it's going to be a game people buy at launch, but people were saying, oh, Mario's going to be at launch too. Well, Zelda's going to be a massive game. And if you yeah. want you know, that kind of mind share, that attention, you don't want that split there. So I, I, it's time, weird. Like, it's still going on. You and so it's like I know Colin Moriarty. Um, I mean, I'm not going, you know, just because Colin Moriarty says that that I go buy it, but he had a point that why even play it on the Switch when you have a Wii U? And you know, not everyone has a Wii U now, a lot of people sold it, but still, if you do, like, what's even the, the point? And I, I totally understand that point Colin has, and but yeah, it is that point of the portability, like, that's that is what Nintendo needs to stress more and not this. Joy-Con nonsense of HD that was rumble. So stupid. Yeah, like it's like oh, you can you can feel the ice in this in this cup. Whoa! And I'm just like, what are they talking about? What are you talking about? And even something like Arms, I think Arms could be a fun game if you Arms had a controller. Awesome. If you just had a controller Arms, that had specific input. Yeah, I think that is a little bit worried about the motion, but the game itself looks really cool, yeah. and I'm hoping it's fun. I'm hoping it's a good game. Tim Geddes said he played it, and uh, he said he had fun with it. He said all the games he played, actually. he There wasn't a game he played that he didn't have some kind of fun with, which, you know, Bomberman also was announced. We have another Bomberman game. I don't know much about Bomberman, but I know people love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't had a Bomberman game in a while. So, and they didn't even show that at the conference. They just showed it in Sizzle Reel. Same yeah. with like Street Fighter. The, yeah, they that. And, a lot of games. Yeah, that that was really surprising too. I mean, the the Ultra Street Fighter. If you threw that as like a, a big boss prediction or like a the Kiefer prediction, all that. If you threw that out there, that they're gonna have a new version of Street Fighter Two, and it's gonna have new characters and new balance, My and it's gonna be Switch exclusive. It's like get out of here. Yeah, I think the earliest I'll buy this console, depending on how it does, is is winter in the holidays. Mm-hmm. because that's when you know it's easier to get you know because you know my parents buy presents for all of us or give money or whatever it'll be the easiest for me to get my hands on and plus by then it's near the end of the year so hopefully because this seems like they're having games like mario kart 8 i know people were saying in, in here um a caller previously said that it's really 
you know, it's just the battle mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people like that. And what's interesting is that Double Dash had a battle mode. And Double Dash also had the double abilities thing, which this is supposed to have it too. That's right, yeah. And they're adding like 10 more characters in that game, which each character had their own special abilities. So you have to wonder, maybe they're adding 10 more characters, not just for cosmetics, but maybe they'll have their own abilities and stuff. It will Plus be interesting to see. I think they have to be very specific on what it is they're adding and really yeah. sell it. But yeah, we'll, we'll like, they'll have to see. The two things I just want to take away from this, you know, say is one, I'm worried, not super worried yet. I'm not saying like like you said, mayday, mayday yet. But um, I am, you know, a little concerned. Time will tell. And the other thing I want to say is there is this presser event, and we'll hear more information, not just from kind of funny, but a lot more people. And so we'll share what they think about the games and more what they think about the, the tech. And then I'll, you know, make a little more judgment for now. But like I said, I'm as time goes by and if we get nothing for information, then I'm going to be worried. If we do get more good stuff, like good stuff, then I'm going to be less worried or possibly, you know, depending on how exciting, you know, or whatever it is, then yeah, my worries might go away. We'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, thanks so much All for right. calling in. We can find you uh, at PunkFan97, if I remember correctly. Yep. All right. Well, Yvonne, All thank right. you for calling in. Really appreciate it. No problem. See ya. Over in Indiana, Samson, welcome back to the Power Switch. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Hey, no, uh, no problem. What's on your mind? Like many of you, I am concerned for the, the game roster mm-hmm. of the Switch. See, I, I am hopeful but i also can't deny the problems that are cropping up it threatens to be like another wii u incident yeah 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 it's it's certainly trending that way and it's 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 concerning yeah absolutely the thing is while nintendo of course has their nintendo syndrome of like they're focusing a little too much on the gimmicky things like the joy cons and the haptic feedback uh but there's also the issue i think of realistic expectations like when i was watching the broadcast looking over in the chat i kept seeing repeatedly melee hd <laughs> pokemon stars smash brothers like i just don't think that is possible to happen so soon yeah yeah especially they were saying you know pokemon would probably be for the end of the year if it is a real thing but yeah, at the same time, they probably should have looked at that list and probably thought, you know, we can show more. <laughs> at least that's how I feel. Yeah, true, true. But on the other hand, I do see the possibility of the you know internet masses uh, getting up in arms after seeing something that looks bad to them because it's too early in development. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I do wonder if those of us that are very vocal and very passionate, like how much of a minority are we? Uh, because you know 3ds continued to sell very well i mean it was sold out this holiday season it wasn't you know for those of us who those of us who cared about games like we already have a 3ds it's still those are getting late into it or you know younger demographics so that makes me wonder the saving grace of the switch is definitely legend of zelda breath of the wild as yeah definitely been said many Mm -hmm. a times before looks amazing definitely gonna be good but the question for many is is that enough to go in for a switch and for most people that's no i understand i'm not generally as picky 
as the average gamer, I see uh, a couple cool hit games, uh, Legend of Zelda, and I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of sold. But I also try to stay objective. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say, though, because I am hopeful, if people could look at not just what we've seen here and what is basically promised, like, it has been confirmed that there's going to be a main series Pokemon game on the Switch. Right. It's basically a fact that we're going to get Smash Bros. in some form on the Switch. And I think that possibly part of the problem of games could be because of sort of a once-bitten, twice-shy on the part of game developers. Yeah, third parties for sure, yeah. So I, I don't think that the ship is sunk yet. It definitely can still be steered in the right direction, and I'm hopeful for that. But they just need to get past the, uh, like I said, the Nintendo syndrome that they seem to have, you know, the lack of third-party games, focusing too much on gimmicks. Yeah. And that's probably what hurt the most, is that, you know, for such a great concept and a great marketing in the trailer, you'd think they'd turn the corner and, like, have a new way of thinking that could appeal again to, you know, the blue ocean and then also the hardcore. And then they just go and do something that seemed very similar to Wii U. And that was probably just the the frustration there. Yeah, but I mean, can you blame them? The, uh, you know, the, the casual market <laughs> rakes in the money. You know, they've got to appeal to uh, the families and the children yeah, because the, uh, the hardcore gamers are just kind of a volatile group. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you can't just you know, say, oh, people are going to, you know, buy... Nintendo system just for Nintendo games. It's got to be more than that. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me sometimes at uh, me and my brother's Twitch, S Factor Streaming, and at the uh, related Twitter account, which is at S Factor Stream. Mm-hmm. All right, Samson. Thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Over in Illinois, Video Game Guru 64. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Yeah, great feedback. Uh, I'm just set about the launch lineup and how like five games are coming out for it. One, two, Switch, Just Dance 2017, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which if you have that, you really don't have anything else. But Imaginators and Super Bomberman are. I don't even think uh, Super Bomberman... So- Oh, it's coming out because I went to GameStop pre-order and they didn't have it uh, on the system. So, oh, interesting. Good old Good Konami. Old Konami. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, that that uh, should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then the online functionality is. I hope they get that right, and uh, instead of having NES games and Super games, they should have a library of virtual console games that you can pick from to uh, have downloaded. This whole thing with the one game per month and I know what online, sure, that's that's fine. But to basically have the player pay for it, it's such a backwards way of thinking. I, I don't know what they're thinking, what here. thinking here. It's uh, have the same language with PS Plus, I think, with the uh, download one game per month, but 
if it is that, explain it better. Because PS Plus explains it better. Like, if you if you can download a game per month and keep that game, then yes, it is maybe possibly worth it, but it's still not as worth it as, like, you can download uh, GameCube games, or you can download N64 games, or something like that. I, I don't see it being worth it to just download NES and SNES games. Yeah, they have to really figure out their virtual console thing. And now they said, well, we'll tell it at a later date. You're running out of time. Like, you have to make that very clear. And especially with the paid plan for online, we can't be talking about 50 to $60 a month. Not if you're going to pull stuff like that. I mean, what is it, like 10 okay, $20 a, a year? I'm sorry, not a month. 50, $50 a month would be crazy. But I mean, yeah, 50 to $60 a year. Uh, you know, you need something a lot cheaper if you're going to start pulling that kind of stuff. That, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So people, people can find can you find on me at oh. video game Guru 64. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for contributing. So much for contributing. Uh, really appreciate the time. Thank, really you. The time. thank you. Yep. See ya. All right. When we come back, I'll tell you about a game I'm playing recently and an issue that I'm having with it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the power switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Every now and then I'd like to update, I guess, with the game that I'm playing recently, or the games that I'm playing. And I started 2017 playing Watch Dogs 2. Uh, apparently much better than the original Watch Dogs, and yeah, I really had to check it out for myself. I happened to get a PC code for it, so it's interesting to play it on there. Uh, but I, I get into it, I start playing it. Great intro mission, really learning the stealth and you know, a very interesting new protagonist. Uh, definitely a more dynamic protagonist than Aiden Pierce and his iconic baseball hat. But you get into the open world and it really opens up. You know, San Francisco seems alive and really just well articulated and, and dictated. And it's really a, definitely a living, breathing world. There's some weird quirks to it. I tried to follow some of the side missions as I was going to the, like, the first mission. Just these little things that pop up on the map. And it's like, oh, well, I, I clearly can't access that yet. I probably need some new tech or whatnot. But I'm having a great time. Really enjoying it. You get to the mission where you're kind of in this hideout with your peers, your hacker peers, and they're already just much better characters in the first game. They're not perfect, but you know they're at least memorable, and you can kind of you know remember them, which that's all. It's always a good sign, right? So I open up with the first two main missions, and for better or worse, they're essentially takes on Martin Shkreli, and uh, if you don't know that name, that's probably for the best. Uh, and also like a, a movie version of Knight Rider, let's say. So I had this choice between these two opening missions, and I went with the latter. Kind of went more Knight Rider, oh, this talking car and whatever. And so the idea is like, oh, we're going to steal the car. Okay, so fine, sneak in. I steal the car. That's fine. Oh, but the police are after me because I stole this movie car, and I can't control the car at all for whatever reason. Like, and... The idea is you have to escape the police. Well, you're being swarmed by cops. Helicopters are being involved. And like I'm crashing into everything. I'm just having the worst time trying to drive this vehicle. And it's so early for, for an initial mission. And this turned me off 
so much. And it, it just felt like obviously other people have beaten this game. They must have had no problem with this. Like, what is wrong with me? And why am I having such difficulty with such an early mission? And so it's been about a week since I've gone back to it. I really do need to you know, try it again because maybe I should go and try that Martin Shkreli look-alike, play-alike sort of mission. Just That's probably more up my alley with, you know, just getting back into the the gameplay that they really intend. Uh, but then when I have to play that other mission again, like, am I going to hit that wall again? This is, this is two and a half hours in that I, I find myself really enjoying a game. And then you hit this mission and it, it's just, you run into a brick wall. I wonder if this has ever happened to you before. If it has, let me know in the comments. I'd be very interested to hear your stories like that. And I hopefully can get to get back to Watch Dogs 2 very soon. I also like to make mention of something else I do on the Rhymes with Asia YouTube channel. It's a show called Tempo Control. And it started off in early 2016 as a, a kind of podcast where I had these very big, grandiose plans for it. But the root of it is that I, I wanted to do like a top 10 list of you know specific video game soundtracks. And so the bulk of the show didn't end up working out, just too much work per week. But that core of the show, I remained intact. And you know, I really like making these countdowns of video game music. So... Uh, I'd like to try to generally sync up the game soundtrack that I'm focusing on for the week into the breaks here on the show. So we've had Hotline Miami, we've had Katawa Shoujo, and for this week, Gravity Rush is the the title. So if you have not checked it out yet and you just enjoy listening to video game music just as a background while you're working, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, definitely check that out on the Rhymes with Asia YouTube channel. Just want to give that other show of mine a little plug. So that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we are on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting RhymesWithAsia.com call. It's a small but growing community, and in these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Now, Monday is a national holiday here in the United States, so we'll likely be recording then. Just stay tuned to when exactly that will be. Regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.